Hey everybody, welcome back to The Preacher Chick. I am The Preacher Chick, Stacy, and we are reading the Bible together every day this year. Today is day 46, and we are reading Numbers 19, 20, and 21, and Psalm 46. Hey, if you missed it on Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, I released a very fantastic, in my opinion, and I may be a little biased, episode of The Preacher Chick, where I talked to my friend Zach about singleness and things people say to singles. And it, we really were excited about it and feel like it can really help a lot of people. If you haven't listened to it, please check it out. And it's actually a two-parter. So head on over to the episode information, wherever you listen to podcasts, and take a listen to both episodes. Thanks. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. This is the legal statute that the Lord commanded. Instruct the Israelites to bring you an unblemished red cow that has no defect and has never been yoked. Give it to the priest Eleazar, and he will have have it brought outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. The priest Eleazar is to take some of its blood with his finger and sprinkle it seven times towards the front of the tent of meeting. The cow is to be burned in his sight. Its hide, flesh, and blood are to be burned along with its waist. The priest is to take cedar wood, hyssop, and crimson yarn and throw them onto the fire where the cow is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. After that, he may enter the camp, but he will remain ceremonially unclean until the evening. The one who burned the cow must also wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and he will remain unclean until evening. A man who is clean is to gather up the cow's ashes and deposit them outside the camp in a ceremonially clean place. The ashes will be kept by the Israelite community for preparing the water to remove impurity. It is a sin offering. Then the one who gathers up the cow's ashes must wash his clothes, and he will remain unclean until evening. This is a permanent statute for the Israelites and for the alien who resides among them. The person who touches any human corpse will be unclean for seven days. He is to purify himself with the water on the third day and the seventh day, and then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third and seventh days, he will not be clean. Anyone who touches a body of a person who has died and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. The person will be cut off from Israel. He remains unclean because the water for impurity has not been sprinkled on him and his uncleanness is still on him. This is the law when a person dies in a tent. Everyone who enters the tent and everyone who is already in the tent will be unclean for seven days. And any unopened container or any open container without a lid tied on it is unclean. Anyone in the open field who touches a person who has been killed by the sword or who has died or who even touches a human bone or a grave will be unclean for seven days. For the purification of the unclean person, they are to take some of the ashes of the burnt sin offering and put them in a jar and add fresh water to them. A person who is clean is to take hyssop, dip it in the water, and sprinkle the tent, all the furnishings, and the people who were there. He is able to sprinkle the one who touched a bone, a grave, a corpse, or a person who had been killed. The one who is clean is to sprinkle the unclean person on the third day and the seventh day. After he purifies the unclean person on the seventh day, 
the one being purified must wash his clothes and bathe in water, and he will be clean by evening. But a person who is unclean and does not purify himself, that person will be cut off from the assembly because he has defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water for impurity has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. This is a permanent statute for them. The person who sprinkles the water for impurity is to wash his clothes, and whoever touches the water for impurity will be unclean until evening. Anything the unclean person touches will become unclean, and anyone who touches it will be unclean until evening. The entire Israelite community entered the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and they settled in Kadesh. Miriam died and was buried there. There was no water for the community, so they assembled against Moses and Aaron. I love that. Like it's Moses and Aaron's fault again, and so they assembled against Moses and Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us and our livestock to die here? Why have you led us up from Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It's not a place of grain, figs, vines, and pomegranates, and there is no water to drink, you know? I'd be hard-pressed if I were Moses not to be like, you know what, God, go ahead, take them out. I don't care what the Egyptians say. I don't care what the surrounding people and the surrounding countries and, and, and lands say. You, you just take them out. I'm done with them just like you are. Just be done. I mean, you rescued them from all of this. They've asked this question and whined before. You've answered them. You've given them stuff. They refuse to go into the land that you promised them, and now they're complaining that where they're at isn't the land you promised them. So just go ahead and wipe them all out. What is the line from Bruce Almighty? smite me almighty oh smiter just yeah god just take them out <laughs> i think i'd be really hard pressed not to say that if i had been in moses's shoes at that time oh goodness then moses and aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting they fell face down and the glory of the lord appeared to them the lord spoke to moses take the staff and assemble the community you and your brother aaron are to speak to the rock while they watch, and it will yield its water. You will bring out water for them from the rock and provide drink for the community and their livestock. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels. <laughs> Ooh. Listen, you rebels. Must we bring water out of this rock for you? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff so that abundant water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. Listen, goodness gracious. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this assembly into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and he demonstrated his holiness to them. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. This is what your brother Israel says. You know all the hardships that have overtaken us. Our fathers went down to Egypt and we lived in Egypt many years, but the Egyptians treated us and our fathers badly. When we cried out to the Lord, he heard our plea. It's an angel and brought us out of Egypt. Now look, we are in Kadesh, a city on the border of your territory. Please let us travel through your land we won't travel through any field or vineyard or drink any well water. We will travel the king's highway. We won't turn to the right or the left until we have traveled through your territory. But Edom answered him, You will not travel through our land. We will come out and confront you with the sword. We will go on the main road, the Israelites replied to them. And if 
we or our herds drink your water, we will pay its price. There will be no problem if you let us travel through on foot. Yet Edom insisted you may not travel through the you may not travel through, and they came out to confront them with a large force of heavily armed people. Edom refused to allow Israel to travel through their territory, and Israel turned away from them. After they set out from Kadesh, the entire Israelite community came to Mount Hor. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor on the border of the land of Eden, Edom, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will not enter the land I have given the Israelites because you both rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and his son Eleazar and bring them up to Mount Hor. Remove Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar. Aaron will be gathered to his people and die there. So Moses did as the Lord commanded, and they climbed Mount Hor in the sight of the whole community. After Moses removed Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar, Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. When the whole community saw that Aaron had passed away, the entire house of Israel mourned for him 30 days. When the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard it, Israel was coming on the Atharim road, he fought against Israel and captured some prisoners. Then Israel made a vow to the Lord, if you will hand his, this people over to us, we will completely destroy their cities. The Lord listened to Israel's request and handed the Canaanites over to them, and Israel completed, completely destroyed them and their cities. So they named the place Mount Horma. I'm sorry, they named the place Horma. Then they set out from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to bypass the land of Edom, but the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses, Why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread or water, and we detest this wretched food. Then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them so that many Israelites, I'm sorry I laugh, but like, these people, oh my gosh. Oh man, was it, I, I follow a, a priest on social media, Father Joe, and he'll be talking about things and somebody will say, you know, something about him, Father Joe, and and Father Joe will make a, a silly comment about how his attention deficit disorder gets in the way and then he'll just go, oh, poor Jesus. Okay, I feel like reading this account, these these Israelite people that like, you know, this, that God sent poisonous sakes. And I just want to go, oh, poor God, you know, <laughs> he's got to deal with these people. And y'all, we are not much better today. That's all I'm saying. Oh, let's continue to read this. Then the Lord said, or so, sorry, the people then came to Moses and said, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord, against you. <laughs> no fooling. Intercede with the Lord so that he will take the snakes away from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten, and he looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. You have to know that, like, surely the people watched him make this and were like, What is that crazy man doing now? But, you know, he's obedient to the Lord. The Israelites set out and camped at Oboth. They set out from Oboth and camped at Ai Abarim in the wilderness that borders Moab on the east. 
From there they went and camped at the Zered Valley. They set out from there and camped on the other side of the Arnon River in the wilderness that extends from the Amorite border because the Arnon was the Moabite border between Moab and the Amorites. Therefore it is stated in the Book of the Lord's Wars, Waheb and Sufa and the ravines in the, of the Arnon, even the slopes of the ravines that extend to the site of Ar and lie along the border of Moab. From there they went to Beer, the well the Lord told Moses about, gather people so I may give them water. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, well, sing to it. The princes dug the well, the nobles of the people hollowed it out with a scepter and with their staffs. They went from the wilderness to Matana, from Matana to Nahaliel, from Nahaliel to Bamath, from Bamath to the valley in the territory of Moab near the Pisgah Highlands that overlooked the wasteland. Israel sent messengers to say to King Sihon of the Amorites, let us travel through your land. We won't go into the fields or vineyards. We won't drink any well water. We will travel the king's highways until we have traveled through your territory. But Sihon would not let Israel travel through his territory. Instead, he gathered his whole army and went out to confront Israel in the wilderness. When he came to Jahaz, he fought against Israel. Israel struck him with the sword and took possession of his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok, but only up to the Ammonite border because it was fortified. Israel took all the cities and lived in all these Amorite cities, including Heshbon and all its surrounding villages. Heshbon was the city of King Sihon of the Amorites who had fought against the former king of Moab and had taken control of all his land as far as the Arnon. Therefore, the poets say, Come to Heshbon, let it be rebuilt. Let the city of Sihon be restored. For fire came out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It consumed Ar of Moab, the citizens of Arnon's heights. Woe to you, Moab, who ha you have been destroyed, people of Chemosh. He gave up his sons as refugees and his daughters into captivity to Sion, the Amorite king. We threw them down. Heshbon has been destroyed as far as Dibon. We caused desolation as far as Nopha, which reaches as far as the Medeba. So Israel lived in the Amorites' land. After Moses sent spies to Jazer, Israel. So Israel lived in the Amor. Sorry, I lost my place. Friends, I have to be honest with you really quick. We're almost done with our numbers reading. Um, to try to cut down on the noise level in my home as I'm trying to record, I am currently huddled underneath blankets, propped up with a journal, with my flashlight on my phone, <laughs> trying to read from my Bible. <laughs> And, uh, well, it's it's been okay, except I just lost my place because I just almost dropped my phone. Okay. So Israel lived in the Amorites' land after Moses sent spies to Jazer, Israel, captured its surrounding villages, and drove the Amorites who were there. Drove out the Amorites who were there. Then they turned and went up the road to Bashan, king of Og of Bashan, came out against them with his whole army to do battle at Edrei. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him, for I have handed him over to you, along with his whole army and his land. Do to him as you did to King Sihon of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon. So they struck him, his sons, and his whole army until no one was left, and they took possession of his land. Goodness gracious. It's quite a bit of action that's happening in that portion of Numbers, isn't it? And Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid.
Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil, there is a river, its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage, kingdoms topple, the earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of the armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. That's a good one right there. I think I have forgotten the location of these verses, but I know I memorized these verses when I was younger, especially, well, I mean, how many times, if you're from my generation, did we sing songs about God being our refuge and our strength? Um, and, and just, you know, how good he is, but that there is a river, its streams delight the city of God the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. Hmm. There is no taking down heaven. There's no taking it down. Nothing can come against it and stand. And that is a good promise to close out on today because that is our hope. Hope to see you back here for day 47 tomorrow. Have a great one.